Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words, and God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom He predestined, He also called, those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for our sake they are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors with him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to make a little room here. Are you familiar with the TV show... The Twilight Zone. Yeah, there, there's the old original one with Rod Sterling, who had that interesting voice, right? And then there was the newer ones, right? What, what's the Twilight Zone about? Like, what, what's the core of it? Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> it's, it's the pilot of, of the story of your life? Is that what you said? Okay. <laughs> I did not expect that answer. Go ahead. Supernatural stuff, right? Some sci-fi things, some psychological thriller type of things. Maybe some horror, but not too horror, right? So there's there's this episode that I saw. uh, It's a rerun, obviously, uh, from 1960. So it's black and white. And um, it's called A Nice Place to Visit. I don't know if any of you are familiar with this one. I, this is one of my favorite ones because I think there's this great, there's an obviously theological underpinning going on with this, 
right? And so the main character in this story is Henry Francis Valentine, who goes by Rocky, right? And so Rocky, the, the beginning of the, of the episode shows him robbing a pawn shop, and he gets shot, and everything goes dark. And then he wakes up, like the next day type of thing, and there's nothing wrong with his body. And he's like, well, this is weird, but Rocky's been kind of one of these guys that maybe not the brightest guy, but he's never gotten any breaks in life. That's why he kind of turned to crime and all this. Well, when he wakes up, there's this older guy, gentleman, dressed very nicely, and, uh, and he says, hello, uh, my name is Pip, and I'm here to kind of guide you and give you anything you desire. Rocky's a little suspicious of this, because, you know, Rocky doesn't trust a whole lot of folks. And so uh, he thinks that Pip's trying to use him for something or whatever, and he, try, you know, like he demands things from Pip, and he at one point shoots him, but nothing happens to Pip. And, and Rocky's kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm just hallucinating. This is a dream or something. So anyway, so they go. Pip says, come with me. Uh, I'm going to show you. There's this, this uh, luxurious apartment wonderful clothes. This is all yours, Rocky. No strings attached. You can have anything you want. And so Rocky says, give me a million dollars and a beautiful woman. <laughs> and so in through the door comes this beautiful woman carrying a wheelbarrow, of course, with a million dollars. And Rocky's like, what is going on? This is crazy. And so, you know, they have more conversation. And so then he's, and he's like, so I can do anything I want? Yeah, sure, do anything you want. Okay, well, I'm gonna go to the casino with this million dollars. So he does and he wins every single bet, every single one. And then he's got all these other women around him, all this type of stuff, right? And he's thinking this is great. And, uh, and he, so he says to Pip, he finally realizes that he's dead. And he's like, wow, heaven's a great place. Oh my gosh, I, I don't know what I did to deserve to be here though. So Pip takes him to the Hall of Records, pulls out his file, and it's kind of empty except for all the sins that he's done. And, and Rocky's like, well, all right, whatever. Um, so he goes on for this for about another month, and he picks up the phone and he calls Pip and says, uh, Pip, I'm bored. Everything that I do turns out exactly how I want it to be. There's no challenge. Can we set up something so that I, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I need some of that thrill. Pip's like, well, you know, we can have it so that you lose every once in a while in the casino. Or, no, no, I'll know that. I need something unexpected. Well, I mean, why don't you go rob a bank? Well, no, 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 because I'll know how it works. And he said, I don't know. Maybe heaven's just not for me. Maybe I should go to the other place. And Pip says, by the way, nobody is real here except you and I. You're alone. And no one ever said that this, this was heaven. This is the other place. And he laughs, you know, malevolently, and that's kind of the end of the episode, right? So <laughs> hell is this lonely place. It's alone. It's separate. That's the idea of what's going on here, right? I have a friend who, um, who answers phones 
for 211. I don't know if you know what 211 is. It's the public line that you would call if you need, in need of some kind of public service. And then they try to connect you or at least get you on a waiting list or something of that nature, right? And so he answers phones for this. And, uh, and he tells me the most common thing that people call about is because they are alone. They feel lonely and they just need someone to talk to. They have people who are regulars who call just to talk. That's it. Loneliness is an epidemic that we have in our society. We have so many different ways that we connect through social media and yet people have never felt so alone in their entire lives. This is why like a church community is extremely important that maybe we don't always agree about different things. That's not the point. It's not about being right. It's about being in relationship, right? So I want to talk about the Romans passage, the Romans scripture, because so often in, in our Western Christianity, we have this idea that faith is just an individual endeavor. It's just me and Jesus, and that's it. No. If, look at in this Romans passage, throughout it, Paul is using us, we, those type of, of language in there. He's writing to a community of Jewish Christians. They were, they were converts from Judaism. He had not met these people before. He's writing to them because he plans to go to Rome, make it his home base so he can go to Spain, ultimately, Okay. And so he's writing this kind of introduction, but also this, these words of encouragement, right? Think about this. This isn't just any letter. He's sending it to essentially a house church in Rome. Rome is what? It's the center of the empire. How do you think that's going for, for, the, for this Christian community? Not great. When Paul writes this, do you know who Caesar is? Nero. Anybody know anything about Nero? One bad dude. <laughs> and a bit crazy, which the two go together oftentimes, right? There's persecution. Although the beginning of Nero's term isn't too bad. He offers a little bit of freedom. He cuts taxes. You know, he could probably run for office today. But, um, <laughs> but then... The crazy kicks in, he kills his mother off. He's got all sorts of weird things going on, he, right? And there's persecution and all this type of stuff. Paul is writing to people who are in the center of the empire where Caesar, the emperor, is. And the thing that sticks out for me is in light of that, right? And the, the Roman Empire is all about conquering and oppressing and exploiting because it's all got to go back to Caesar, one person, one, and only one, is the only one who ever benefits. Everyone else thinks they might, but that's not the case. But Paul writes, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution famine or nakedness or peril or sword. He's talking about the Roman Empire. He's talking about empires. 
And it doesn't matter what type of empires we're talking about. Paul is specifically talking about the Roman Empire, which they would have been very familiar with, because that's what Rome did, right? And instead, what, what he says is, no, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor nothing present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's going to be able to separate us? Nothing. Absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God in this. And why is that? Because love doesn't exist in solitude. Love, by its very nature, is communal. Love requires more than one. It always does. It's always going out and expanding and touching people's lives. Right? It exists in community and in relationship. We've, I think we've all experienced this. Love doesn't exist in solitude. It exists in relationship and in community. So who will separate us from the love of Christ? Paul is writing, and he's addressing the Roman Empire. So the question for us is, what are the empires, I'm using that term loosely, that we face that try to convince us that they can separate us from the love of Christ? There's a lot of them out there that try to convince us, that give us a message of how we can be separate from the love of Christ. You know, yesterday, so I was at the Pride Festival, and I was asked to be there for a very specific reason, to engage with the protesters. And they're doing their thing, yelling condemnation and all this type of stuff. And I actually was able to talk with some folks, and I asked them, you know, how did you come to this conclusion? You know, you didn't just wake up today. <laughs> Create a sign, get a bullhorn, and start doing this. And the one guy I was able to talk with said, well, we do this because God is love. <laughs> because of the gospel. And so I said, you know, that's really interesting. <laughs> because I'm trying to be nice, and I'm trying to engage with him. I said, you know, we all use, oftentimes in this country, we use the same language of English, and we use certain words, and we all assume that we all mean the same thing when we use those words. I said, like freedom being a word, but you may have a different idea of what that means than what I do. So how are you defining this? Tell me, teach me. Let me learn. I want to learn how you understand this. And so it comes from this idea of, well, this is obviously loving because if you don't, you're going to suffer. That's the idea that, that they're going. At no point did this person ask me for my thoughts, which of course makes sense because if you think you have all the answers and you're right, why would you ask? But that whole message is about separation. It's not our understanding of what the gospel is. It's not our understanding of what Jesus is about. It's, right, what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. This is one of the passages of scripture that I use 
when I do funerals for someone who has died by suicide. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Right? It's powerful. This is one of the, my most favorite things that Paul has written. I'm not a big fan of Paul, so this is, <laughs> so this is kind of important. But, so I want to I share a couple of last things, right? The world operates by a few things, and I've talked about this. You'll hear this a lot from me. The ends justify the means, right? Might makes right, the strong survive. All those things are intended to separate and divide and keep people apart from each other and from God, to say there's an us and a them and all this other stuff, right? Who's worthy and who's not? It's not for us to decide. Thankfully, we have a message. We follow Jesus, who, said, who Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? Jesus is about community, is about shalom, the, the sense of wholeness, togetherness. The world tries to convince us that we can go it alone. That's what it sells. But Jesus says, why would we? Why would you try to go it alone? And you can't. None of us are good enough to do that. None of us have it all together to be able to do that. Not a single person. We need each other. And that's where love comes in, and mercy, and forgiveness, and grace, and all these type of things. I want to I close with a, a story. There's a, are you familiar with TED Talks? TED Talks, they're, they're really simple. Usually they're like 18 minutes. This one was a three-minute TED Talk. And, it, and the guy was talking about leadership, but I think also about community and the sense of being together and not going it alone. And he had a video running behind him. And he said, I'm going to teach you about leadership and community in three minutes through this video. And everyone's like, whoa. So on the video is a concert that's going on. And you can see, have you seen this? Maybe. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. So, uh, so there's a concert going on. There's a lawn, right? And there's this focus on this guy who's dancing like a fool. He's just dancing like crazy, right? And this is going on for like a minute. In the meantime, this is the prep for what this guy is talking about. And he says, now I want you to pay attention and see what happens. And sure enough, somebody gets up and joins him and starts dancing with him. And he said, so the first guy, is he a leader? And everyone's like, yeah, he's a leader. He's a no, he's just a crazy guy by himself until somebody else joins him. Right Then he, there's leadership, but the second guy is also a leader because he makes it safe for other folks to come up, watch what happens. And sure enough, two other people start coming up. And what happens is more and more people come, but not only that, but the, the time between the groups coming gets shorter and shorter until all of a sudden there's this huge crowd that's there and they're all dancing, right? And they're all being in this community that's that's around, surrounded by just enjoying the music and being with each other. And it doesn't matter, all the other stuff is secondary. They're just being together. And there's a sense of love that goes on. And that's what, that's what community is about. Love doesn't exist in solitude. It doesn't exist in solitude. And nothing can keep us away from God's love Forgiveness, mercy, grace, empathy, caring, none of those things exist in solitude. They remind us that nothing can separate us 
from the love of God in Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.